When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Good morning and welcome to another massive edition of Jack and Flash, thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts, and Amy, the doers of insurance. We are live here on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN Northern Track Tasmania and SEN at my golly. What a show we've got in store for you this morning. Thanks so much for your company. Have a listen to this coming up. We've got, well, one of the most iconic coaches um, and certainly the top couple in Tasmanian footy history, Robert Shaw, coming up and we'll be talking all things Tasmanian footy bid. This is exciting for me and my mate Jack. Prospective AFL draftee Tom McCallum is going to be joining me here right in the Harrison Agent studio in about half an hour's time. Some say this bloke's the GOAT. Eddie Ockenden, what a career he's had in picking up another gold medal. Australia's seventh in a row in the Com Games in the hockey recently. Alex Johnson's got an amazing local story for us and hot or not. Have I got your attention, Jackie Revolt? Hello, Flashman. Good morning. Well, First things I've noticed, Flashman, uh, I had the week off last week and Brady Jeeves just slid in nicely into the seat, but a new sponsor. He, is that one that you've organised, Flashman, AMI? Oh, Amy, oh. they've come on board, the doers of insurance. You, We, we do have another one. I think our, our, well, our grace employee here at SEN, Holly Fowler's the, the girl in charge and she's making some waves right I was right thinking that you town. might have crashed your car and actually done a deal whilst trying to sort your own insurance out. Is that any truth to that rumour? What I can tell you is I've been dealing with Amy for 20 years, so they Whoa. are very much Lifelong part of partner. everything I do. My word, they are. Flashman, big news overnight. I woke up this morning um, and, well, the Carlton, the Carlton Football Club have done it. They've freed their man, Patrick Cripps. Now, unbelievable. What, what, do you, what, what has well, happened, Flash? Let, let's, have a, let's have a listen to the statement. Patrick Cripps has been cleared by the AFL Appeals Board and is free to play against Melbourne on Saturday night. In a marathon hearing that took over four and a half hours to reach a conclusion, Appeals Chairman Murray Kelman and the panel overturned the decision based on a error of law. Noting, we are unable to conclude on the basis of the vision of these videos that he did turn his body into a classic bumping position. The video confirmed the statement expressed in the rulings that both players had eyes for the ball and both players contested the ball. The video did not reveal a bump. Rather, it set out a contest for the ball that resulted in a collision. The panel found there was a failure of, to, of procedural fairness, which amounts to an error of law. 
does this decision confuse you or what is reasonable contest and what isn't? Jack, what are your thoughts? Uh, unbelievable. It, oh, it's, amazing. It, it really is unbelievable how different the, I mean, the, the, the tribunal, um, well, firstly, Michael Christensen sees it one way, the tribunal finds the same way as that, and then the appeals board has flipped the decision on its head. It, there's been arguments for both sides over the over the weekend. Obviously, it's been it a, has. it's been the, the the biggest news story during the week due to the fact that um, I mean Carlton are, are, are thin in the midfield at the moment, um, and if they'd lost Patrick Cripps, which they haven't now, it would have been even thinner. So on, on some on a really important fortnight for for a lot of football clubs that are chasing those final um, two spots in the eight. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I just think. Does it open a can of worms now? Like, this is precedent yep. now going forward. Um, now, we are at the end of the season, so maybe this sort of gets knocked on its head a little bit more in terms of the AFL adjusting the rules and regulations around this at, at season end. But certainly, um, certainly, it's been a dramatic week down oh. at Princess Park, but they've come away with their captain cleared to play and, and probably their best player as well cleared to play and, and get them ready for what is an important game for them this week against uh, last year's Premiers? Well, a couple of things, um, and you'll be entirely on my page here. We're thrilled that Patrick Cripps is playing footy this week. No doubt about that. We're thrilled that, um, you know, for Carlton Footy Club, they, they well, he just makes the difference the next couple of weeks. I, I just don't understand how this has changed. Now, if the rules are all going to change, because from what I know is, and this started when, remember when Jack, this started 10 years ago. So when Jack... Zeeble, um, he cleaned up Aaron Joseph. Now, it was much more violent. I'm not comparing the two actions, by the way. But we've known since then that if you leave the ground and you collect uh, an opposition player in this manner, it's open and shut case. I said to our producer, Mitch Scott, yesterday, well, you know, go for goal, Carlton. Every, you know, I don't blame you. Do what you've got to do. But... This has been flipped on its head. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but I, as the rules that I know it, and I would imagine that you step out every week. That you, you is that fair to say? You that was clear cut to you as well. Yeah, I think probably the two that um, wouldn't pass the, the the pub test, or the ones that were that I've probably been like, oh yeah, right, okay, that's interesting. The Willie Rioli one um, early on in the season, where I thought, oh, he's probably in trouble. Just. First look at it, you go, yeah, oh, gee, look, he, he's in trouble. And and this one here as well, you sort of, I, I looked at it straight away and thought, oh, gee, that's going to be hard to argue that he he didn't bump him. But th- this is what the process is there for um, and why clubs do get a couple of bites at the cherry in terms of the, the first appeal. Um, yes. Which is going to the tribunal and then going to the appeals board if they feel like they haven't had a fair hearing there or the, some new evidence has, has, has come to light. So... Um, yeah, it's, mm. I think the everyday punter, um, would look at it and go, oh, it's probably a suspension, but, but, but under AFL law and, and clearly in the statement that you've read out there that, that it isn't. So, um, it's going to be very interesting going forward. I'd love to get some texts through here on 0437 or tweet us at SEN Tassie. What do you think? And even come back, what are some of the remarkable things where players have got off over the year? I remember or, one well. I've got to go on flash. I, I yeah, want to know on. what people would rather do in four and a half hours than sit in a tribunal. I reckon I could knock off nearly 27 holes of golf in four and a half hours. 
It is a long time. Yeah. It dragged out last night, didn't it? I, well, I went to bed and there was still no result and had to wait until this morning to find out what was going on. Um, now, should this be on? Te- should this be televised? Can you our imagine man, the four- our man Julian De Stoop tweeted this and said, "Look, this should be on TV." Imagine the imagine the. I mean, there's that many Carlton fans for a start. They'd all be watching. Can you imagine? So we would get to see. Stuff all of of Patrick Coops because they'd just be all deliberating, backroom deliberating. If you took us inside the back room, that would be interesting to hear the point of arguments and how. Oh yeah, but you'd need you'd need the zoom on Patrick. The sweat drips. You need all the dribble, the the absolute dribble that would be spoken about during (laughs) during four and a half hours. Flash man, there'd be there'd be twenty five minutes of content. And then there'd be four hours of two or three commentators just pumping up their own tires oh. and reminiscing about blokes king hitting each other and how many weeks they got. Can you? It'd be like the um, night before the grand final where they roll out their yes. old grannies and be like, oh, can you remember when Brereton ran through the huddle at Essendon and got no weeks and all this sort of stuff? It would be dribble. Nice. Dribble. I'd rather 27 holes of golf in four and a half hours from one. Already had a text coming through. Jeriff from Lindisfarne, he's a regular here on the program. He said, if this was another club, if it was my club, North Melbourne, we would not have heard of this. He said, money, hashtag money talks. Who <laughs> <laughs> stumps up? It's, it's 10th hour to, to put up for, uh, for, for the first uh, hearing. You put 10,000 on the line and it comes off your soft cap if, you don't, if you're not successful. So I wonder if they'll see that. Mooler back in the, uh, oh. in the budget down... At Princess Park. Now, let's move to the second. Well, this, no, sorry. That's a big topic, but that was the second biggest topic. This is the biggest topic. That was the entree to the biggest topic. That that was the entree. That was the prawns. Um, This is the eye fillet with some dew that you've never, ever, ever tasted before. Okay, here we go. On the Tasmanian AFL front, the Herald Sun is reporting that the AFL Commission will meet this Monday to have a considered discussion about the Tassie team amongst other issues. A detailed information pack will be sent to all 18 club presidents. With the report stating the AFL faces a Herculean task to convince the club presidents to approve a 19th licence. As things stands, one club president estimated to Johnny Ralph that as many as six or seven presidents are violently opposed, Jack, to the notion of having a 19th club. As Jeremy Rockcliffe told us earlier in the week, a stadium will not, repeat, will not be part of the proposal. However, it as indicated from the whole time we've talked about this, it's certainly part of the future planning, um, but not the be-all and end-all to start with. So we'll just repeat this here. Um Six or seven presents. Now, I'm not sure if that's Andrew Brown that's made that statement. Um, I'm, not sure who's, uh, I'm not sure who's or Tony Cochran. No, there's two. They're going to say, go get stuff. You know, we don't want Andrew to Brown. You mean Jeff Brown? I mean Jeff Brown. Sorry, Andrew Brown yeah. was a great ruckman for the he, Richmond Tigers. <laughs> we love big Andrew. Um, it's a couple of things I want to ask you. Is it concerning that Jeremy Rockcliffe's proposal won't include clear plans around the stadium, given the AFL has made it clear that despite Colin Carter's findings that it would be required to be considered for approval. And Jack, if you were in the commission meeting on Monday, what are you saying to them? There's oh, a two or three well, part so the first, the first, the first one is that Jeremy Rockcliffe has said that it won't be a fully funded uh, stadium by the government. So there's obviously still there's. I, I think everyone is in agreement that somewhere in the timeline, in the pathway of Tasmanian football, when this license gets up. 
But there will be there will be a new stadium yeah, built. Absolutely. And Colin Carter on this show two weeks ago spoke about the fact that it, it wouldn't make sense financially to build a stadium That's for right. possibly what would be nine games of footy a year. So, what else does the stadium? What else does the stadium um, house? So there's so many things that happen down on that waterfront. Whether it's restaurants, office space, um, cricket. We spoke with uh, with obviously Don Baker the, the other week as well. That this just this is just going to be a case of going putting the tin around, finding out what what yes. pe- if people want to be involved in it, pulling all the money together, and it'll happen down down the line at some point. Um, the flip side, of the not the flip side, but the other thing to add on to that is that the feasibility report that the AFL paid for. And they picked Colin Carter to go down to Tasmania and do the Colin Carter report or do the report on Tasmanian football and find out the feasibility status of having a team down there. Clearly stipulated that a stadium would be a nicety to have. It's not the be-all and end-all. There's two stadiums already down there where they play AFL football, which would be suitable for the start of an AFL team in Tasmania. So that is the study that the AFL paid for and the AFL employee wrote. So clearly, we don't need the stadium from day dot, and and whether or not that happen, whether or not it would be actually even um, possible to get it done by then, yes. is, is another question. I mean, this stadium take forever to build, and um, whilst it create a lot of jobs and whatnot, it's just not going to happen from day dot. Uh, if, I'm in, sorry, go, if I'm in the commission no, meeting rolling. on Monday, yes. what am I saying to them? Make it happen. Just like I, I, I get it, you're not you're not going to lose out on money. To uh, to the presidents, you're probably going to get more money if anything. Um, this is the heartland of, of, of Australian football. It is about it, this. This is about the Australian football story. Yes, people. Yes, you look at the oh, and I keep harping on it. Look at the AFL Hall of Team, uh, Hall of Fame team. Peter Hudson last week. Team of Century. Here. Sorry, yeah. Peter Hudson Here with us. Yeah. Royce Hart, Daryl Baldock. Yep. Yes. Uh, Ian Stewart. Yes. Like there's name Tasmanian Graham names Wright and go the more modern ones. Listed. Graham Wright and Rich. Richo. I mean, like they're could, all listed through there. Like, yep. it is it Rocket is aid. a it is an absolute crime that Tasmania doesn't oh. have its own team. And the fact that we are still bickering over this right up to the end date means that I, I feel still feel really confident about it happening. It's all semantics uh, at the moment, David. What, one little quick question to you: What are you saying to those presidents who are allegedly? Violently opposed. What, what is violently opposed oh, as mate, well? Is it, is it you fifty cuffs Deacon? or something? Like that? What? What do you? What's violently opposed mean? Oh gosh, I don't know. Off I, the I, tips. I, what am I saying to them? Yes, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to ask the question about the feasibility study, but don't go in with a with a closed mind because that's what happens. That's what happens to, has happened in anything to do with Tasmania in previous history. We get the mainland, and we look at the media. The, the Melbourne media, we look at that mainland thinking that, oh, just yes. the, the poor cousin. No, it won't work down there. People won't go to the footy. There's not enough people that live down there. Well, there is. All right. And the stats have shown that. And the Colin Carter report says that it's feasible to go down there. And that is an AFL paid report from someone who knows their football and knows regional football, which is what he put the study on, on Geelong, based the study on Geelong Football Club. The numbers yes. are there. It makes sense, and it's good it for does. the game. It's great for the history of the game, and it will continue to add to the history of the game as well. Just before we go to our first break, off the text, uh, a couple of texts have come through. Greg from Hobart asks, Jack, if you were in Patrick Cripps' position this week, what do you do? 
Yep. <laughs> Out on the ground. Um, oh, oh, or very careful about jumping up in the air. Well, not so much careful now. You can probably just jump up in the air. So, yes. um, uh, no, I think uh, he's, he's a warrior. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne go after him this week. Yes. Early on, early on. I think oh, good like, luck. Like, you know, what, what do you mean, go after him? No, what just like a bit really? of, bit of uh, <laughs> I was going to say, violently oppose him <laughs> out on the ground, <laughs> whether they just start bumping him or whatnot, because there'll be a bit of animosity. But um, oh, when do they play tomorrow? So there's been a, there's been a bit of a cloud hanging over during the week, whether that's affected his uh, readiness to play or whether that's yes. just got him absolute prime to come out and have one of those 35-touch four-goal oh. games that... 18 he was doing on a, he was doing on a whim early on in the season, so it'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Off the text line, uh, this one comes from Damien. Give Tassie a go. So sick of all the money down the drain on the Gold Coast and GWS. I think it's a little bit unfair, Damien. They they're going. You got to park it almost, don't yeah, you? You almost got to sort of park what? Yeah, yeah. You can't. You got to you got to separate the fact that yeah. The goal, they're not they're not getting um they're not gonna get rid of the Gold Coast and they're not gonna get rid no. of GWS. They're gonna be gonna be adding to it as well. This one else comes from David. Um you might have sent this one in yourself. Flash, do you think the Tasmanian bid needs a spokesperson? We seem to lose the narrative too often to the mainland media. What do you think? Well, that's not the worst shout, is it? And I and I th- I'm interested there in what David said too, and I th- you know th- and I don't know if it's necessary Jeremy Rockcliffe's fault, or and I'm not putting any blame in that direction, but there there has been a little bit of shift since our man, SEN's own Peter Gutwin. Well, that's a bit stretchy, but we... <laughs> Papi G. We, we, that's we, what the boys we are calling Papi him from G. Papi G. What a legend. But there has been a little bit of a shift there, but look, it's... Uh, do you think? Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you a, a name that's called a little bit on Tasmanian footy and probably hasn't been out there as publicly as what he was early on. That's Alastair Clarkson. Yes, good point. Do you think that potentially, due to the fact that his name, well, he's, he's rocketed into favouritism for the North Melbourne job, that maybe rocketed he, the bus on Tasmania has been parked in terms of priorities for Clarko? Possibly, yeah. I, but look. You know what annoys me about this whole process, and I don't know any organisations, sporting organisation. Well, we've talked about this before, I know, but why are the presidents of the opposing clubs, the opposing clubs, making the decision on this? Oh, it just leaves me absolutely flabbergasted. Oh, I think I think it's because they're considered a, a stakeholder, but ultimately. Um the AFL can just make the decision, as they did with uh, Gold Coast and, and, and oh, GWS. So if, if the president, so let's go, let's look through to Monday, and it's voted ten uh, eight in favour. Does that mean tick they've won, or what? Is there a percentage? Like, oh, I think it was eighty percent. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure, and I, and I don't think the the votes actually going to be happening for a, a while. I no. think this is more of just a. They're just going to a considered meeting. Was that the, was yeah. that the, the wording yeah. around it? It's a considered meeting, so they can start to maybe air yes. a few of their um, grievances or violent. What was it? Violent opposition oh, towards the towards the push. One quick one before we get into the Richmond discussion and talk about the Tigers, uh, Flash Man. Is where's our where where? I'm not going to say our man. 
Whereabouts is Tom Brown hanging out when this, um, let's say it's happening at Gill's house. The presidents are rolling around there. Yeah. They're bringing around. What? Um, he's in the old certain, man's car. Certain, he's in the back of the old man's he's car. He's in That's the right. old it's, man's it's car. Simple. He's got, and he's, he's got, bugged he's got the old little, man up, do you reckon? You yeah, reckon he's got his little vial like wearing a wire in there. <laughs> ready to go for his Channel 7. And he's, it, mate, it's as course he is. He's I in the would, back of the Merc. He's in the back of the Merc. And he's just waiting. Do you reckon, I, I exactly I've got him. I've got him you hiding. I've got him hiding in the bushes at Gill's no, house. He, he gets hide, in there mate. a couple of days early, takes in a care pack, and 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 waits out the presidents and Please. hides in the bushes in the backyard. Hopefully, not to be seen by the plethora of gardeners that are that are scoping the yards as they go around. Tiger time discussion. Um, another huge thing that's happened the last couple of days, Jackie boy. Uh, Dustin Martin ruled out for the rest of the home and away season. Firstly, on the season at hand, um, that's a bit of blow. Yeah, it is. It's disappointing. Uh, it just hasn't been able to r- increase um, running speed. So that's been the thing that's been holding him back a little bit. He's had a couple of reoccurrences of just some awareness around the hamstring. So I, I think the the idea around it is to take away that, um, oh, the the want to get him back and the yes um, people sort of thriving to get information about when he's going to get back and even for himself to go right can the home and away season let's set all our sights on if if it comes to fruition the the first final so that obviously gives you another week in between the the home and away season and leading into a first final so I think that's a smart move just for his own mental um, the own mental game as well to know right this is my this is I've got four weeks. To, to, to get myself right to go um, and and hopefully well, hopefully we're there and hopefully he can come in and have a big impact so smart move I think from the football club just to take away the um, all the innuendo about when he's going to come back and I guess on the back of that the obvious question is is um, what, do we do we see him in Richmond colours moving forward have, have you had any dialogue? I can't, say, I can't is... flash I can't see a reason why we wouldn't yeah I can't no. I, I can't be yep. I can't see a reason why we wouldn't know. Um, his, his buy-in's been great lately. He's really uh, invested, obviously invested in getting himself back out on the track, which is the most important thing. But um, he looks uh, he looks all in. I, I looked at the Camden McIntosh Scooter Circus the other day and I was watching Dusty and he's just in the video and he's just one of the lads, isn't he? He loves it. He loves yeah, the guys yeah. around him. Um, he's involved in, you know, the guys. And he's a quiet dude, isn't he? Like he's not a, you know, he's not an outwardly, um, loud and aggressive, as as he's on the footy field, for example. No, he's like a brute on the footy of, field, isn't he? He's a brute on the footy field, but um, uh, yeah, that's good. Well, I guess we're going to find out. Time will tell, and and from your perspective, as a great mate of yours, I have no doubt you desperately keen to see him there. What about Nick Luston? Um, Sunday? Yep. Yes or yep? Good. I, I think he's a yes. No, I think he's going to be okay. a yes as well. Still got a training session tomorrow to go through. Um, day off today. Players day off today. Uh, I, I think. Um, yeah. No. Look. He, he looks. Uh, he looks comfortable. It's all about just just com- being comfortable for him to go out and and play. Um, so yeah, he uh, he will train on on Saturday, and I think they'll give him right up to to the last minute to prove his fitness, but I, I think he'd be more of a yes than, than a no. So um, another important piece to the puzzle. Uh, you, must be, you must be thrilled the fact that um, it's in your own hands now, son. Yeah, it is. It, it, it really is. Yep. Uh, it really is. Um, I mean, obviously, if results fell our way this week, we could, we could probably seal up a, a spot this week, but we've got two really important games against 
two clubs that if you solely just go and look at the ladder, um, you think we should win them. But uh, Hawthorne have been doing some uh, some really good things and really tested us um, for the first time we played them this year. I think they were 20 points up halfway through the first quarter and then we had an ability to, to get ourselves back into the game and, and have a win there. And, and Essendon have been... Um, They've they've had a couple of blips on their on their radar over the back part of the season, but but other than that, they've actually shown the ability to play some really good football. I mean, to go up and beat Brisbane, up in Brisbane, um, was a was is a big win. So two really important challenges for us over the back end of the season. And as you mentioned, Flash, the, our own destiny is in is in our hands. So we, um, I mean, what better spot to be in when you can control where where you can take your season. Spell clues about Essendon too. Don't pump them up too much. Let's not forget where they're going to finish on again this year. Promising all and delivering. I'm still filthy because I put them in the eight, as you know. And I fell for them. I fell for the bomb. Anyway, Tim Payne's bombers. Oh, yeah. Tim Payne's bombers. He, he's, yeah. Anyway, let's not get down to that. Off the text line, uh, this one comes in. From Nathan, I'm glad Cripps got off because it's going to make it even more embarrassing when Carlton doesn't make the finals. Jeez, Nathan just... Absolutely clipped. I, th- uh, I think they might sneak in now still, which is the irony of all this. I've had a good look at that. Maybe they still play, I reckon. Really? Anyway, okay. well, maybe, I, I, maybe. I, I, I want to hear what you think about maybe. that later on. Uh, this one as well. Hey, Jack, what do we need to do to send Tassie a message? Each player who supports a Tassie... This is what we need to do, sorry. Each Tassie who support, each player who supports a Tassie team entry should write a T in green text on their arm as they take the field. That one comes from Dave in Kingston. Well, Dave, if, if that meant... Um, if it meant getting a Tasmanian team, I'd draw it on your forehead um, and run out there with a T on my forehead. If that meant the Tasmanian was going to be invited into the AFL Flashman, I would write a big T right right there, right um, sort of Ash Wednesday style, just right on the top there, a big T in, in, in green texture. As always, you can hit us up on the text line, 0437 552535, or shoot us a tweet at at Tassie. Now, Flashman, the... We've been focusing a lot um, over the last six months on the Tasmanian football team. We speak about uh, what it would look like going forward. The one area we've spoken a little bit about is the future and the pathway for young Tasmanians to make their way into the AFL system. Uh, we haven't had we haven't had as many kids as we would have liked to in the recent history drafted into the AFL system, but this year looks like an absolute bumper year. And uh, one of the prospects that is sitting very highly up on draft boards right around the 18-team competition is the name Tom McCullum. He is, of course, uh, of a very, very strong Clarence heritage. And he joins you in the Tasmanian studio in the loft at Harrison's. You've got Tommy down there. I'm very looking, for- looking forward to hearing what we have to have safe with, uh, with Tommy. But he's there with you now, isn't he? Thank you, mate. Yes, he is here with me now. Um, g'day, Tommy. How are you going, mate? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming in with us. Um, one thing, Jackie Boy, which is noticed, I, I, can't, I hadn't seen Tom since he was probably nine or ten when I was at his old man's house some years ago watching a Swans game. Good Swans family, of course, <laughs> yes, this one here. Don't, you get don't, that in don't, there. <laughs> don't you forget that either. But I knew you'd get that in I, there. I stumbled, I saw you about... 12 or 18 months ago, and 
Mate, have a look how big this kid is. How, and so oh, how, t- how tall are you, Tommy? Are you getting close to 6'5", uh, or are you 6'4 and a half? About 193, which is about 6'4". So, yeah, yeah, getting up there. Well, Jack thinks he's 194, but he's actually um, pushed actually, two centimetres on his whole career, <laughs> by the way. But anyway. No, yeah. no, Flash. I've, I put myself down in the record as 195. I'm actually one, <laughs> 192.1 or something. Yeah, no, no joke. <laughs> hey, hey, you've got me 16 years of an <laughs> AFL career. You've got to falsify your way through it. Well, Tommy, before I... Before we get into talking about you, actually, um, we've got a bit of a connection. I came down and trained a little bit with you and Jeremy yep. Webberley. But I played in a premiership in 2006 with your old man, Scott Charger, as I used to know him. How's, how's old Charge going? Yeah, he's going well. He's um, down coaching younger brother's footy team and he's around the club. They've got the Past Players Association run at the moment. Um, but no, he's travelling well. He was known what? for... Uh, wait, well, Flash, he, he's... Um, like, I suppose when you've got a wrestler, it's got a signature move. Charger's signature move was that he would dive along the ground and just knock the ball forward and just, just shoot it forward. Like that's If I think of Scott McCullum, that is just what I think of it. He just dives in and, and knocks the ball forward. Have you got that one in your forte, Tommy, or are you more of a – well, I've seen a few highlights of you. You're, you're, you're more of a classical jump up and grab the footy and bit neater than the old man. Yeah, I'm more of a run and jump sort of mark, but don't mind knocking it on at times. Following his footsteps a little bit. Well, of course, as he's very happy to tell everyone, quite regularly, your old man played nine flags. Nine flags, only nine. And, of course, in 2008, came across to the mighty OHA Shippers. We won ones and twos flag uh, at the footy club. And then he played another flag in 2011. I reckon that was probably his last game of footy. Um, Tommy, I guess in your case, you've, you know, you've, and I want to talk about your mum as well because you, you, it's very much a sporting family. I yep. mean, you, your uncle James and your mum's side, he was a gun hockey player. And I played hockey when I was young, I remember, and your mum was a star hockey player. So I guess for you, this is your a prototype sporting family that, that's always been there, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've been playing sports since I was a young kid. They've encouraged me to do it, and yeah, I love doing it. So hopefully I can keep doing that. So let's talk about, um, and I'm gonna not going to lie, I've been in and had a look at the draft board in at Richmond, and I can see, I see names up there that I, uh, I know, Alan, Jay, Alan Davies got a couple of sons coming through, uh, and I look and I see your name there as a, as a part of that big pool of looking at this year's draft crop. How does it feel? Because you've just been. I thought you were going to tell him what number. No, no, settled out. I've been sworn to a little bit of secrecy there. But uh, but how does it feel to to one be be spoken about in the media about the prospect of being drafted and now as well, along with Lockie Cowan, being invited to the the, to the national pathway program to actually to draft camp. How's that sitting with you at the moment? Yeah, it's all pretty cool, really. I feel real privileged. Jez has been real good this year, coaching the Devils, and we're going real well. But now nah, the combine will be a very good experience, and hopefully I can put my best foot forward and show what I can do best, I guess. Do you feel, is there now potentially, I mean, this is new since you got invited to the combine, does, does there extra pressure? I mean, how do you handle that as a young kid? You're going to school in a minute, so like after this, straight back to school, you've got exams again coming up. I know you told me before you did exams when the Allies stuff was on. Do, do you what do you do with that? Do you embrace the, the the challenge? Yeah, I don't really focus on it too much. I don't let it worry me too much. But no, I just embrace it and see what happens. Put my best foot forward. If I put the work in, then I know I should be right. So yeah. And you spoke about Jeremy Weberly there. Of course, a, a product of the Clarence Football Club. Played for a couple of years at the Richmond Football Club. 
His addition now into the Tasmanian Pathways program, coaching the Devils, and I think you guys are sitting second on the ladder in the under under eighteen program as well, which is unbelievable. How have, you, how have you found him as a coach and the ability to have Tasmania have its own under-18 program and travel around Victoria and Tasmania and play these games? Has that been a real strength of combining, I suppose, the state together at an under-18 level? Yeah, I think it has. Obviously, Jez has been real good. He coached me at Clarence and it's been a good transition into the Devils as well. But no, nah, playing around Victoria and against all the other states gives us a real good opportunity to put our best foot forward. People sometimes say Tassie don't get looked at as much, but nah, it gives us the exposure to go and play against the best of the best, I guess, and seek up those Victorians. And, and why have you been success, so successful this year? So, I mean, the, the Victoria, a, a big population, and a lot of teams play in that TAC competition. But we, we come across and we battle out of our weight division. Why do you think you guys have been so successful in that under-18 competition? Yeah, I think we've just basically used it as motivation just to go out, play our best footy, but... Probably not the most skilled team. We have the best talent pool, but now we go out and just surge, play surge footy, go hard at it. We're just real hard, tough team, and we just put our best foot forward each week and hopefully we can keep winning. And you seem to have a, a tremendous spirit. I've, I've watched most of your songs after your wins when they've sort of come up on Twitter, etc. Is There's a really good mateship there. Is that It's evident, sort of looking at it. Is that, that how it feels internally? Yeah, it does feel like that. We're all pretty close. We get around each other quite a bit, but no, we love winning and... Hopefully we can keep doing it. It's a real good feel at the moment. So let's talk a, bit, a little bit more about yourself. Uh, let's say you drafted to, well, let's say you drafted to the, to the Richmond Football Club. What 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 are the strengths of your game? Whereabouts do you play, and what are you going to bring when you when hopefully your name is read out in the draft and you do arrive on the doorstep of, of an AFL football club? Yeah, well, I've got I'm pretty versatile, so I play most positions. But this year I've been playing um, half back for Tassie and played their allies as well. But no, I think the strengths I bring is my intercept marking, my overall marking ability and my, my run as well, speed and endurance. So hopefully all that can transition to the next level if I'm lucky enough. Well, Flashman, I can tell you the marking ability is one thing that's certainly popped up on Oof. my radar. When I was in there looking at the draft board doing a bit of research for this interview, I happened to have a quick conversation to Matty Clark, our head recruiter, and said, can you, can you show me some footage of Tom McCullum? And he had a great edit from the game on the weekend, I think, against the Northern Knights, where our boy Tom McCullum took an absolute specky, a genuine specky. I know I spoke to Tom about it off air. He said he thought it was a bit high. I can tell you right now, Flashman, any higher, and he would have been up there with Neil Armstrong on the moon. It was that high. So let's. So you, we know you're a good intercept, Mark. When you say you're a good run, we're we talking you're quick, uh, long distance. What's your, what's your strength there? Um, mile, I reckon. Yeah, a bit of both. I can go endurancely and quick. Beep, so, have we got a beep test yeah. score? What's what? What do they do as a testing regime down there at the Devils? Um, I know we had a two k earlier in the year. I got six fifteen in that, so that wasn't too bad. And then the twenty meter, I think I was three flat, so I didn't quite break that. But no, I need to Flash go man, that at the six combine. Six fifteen for for two k is humming. Razzle dazzle. How do you That is absolute humming. Humming flash, I'm telling you. There's not many you, AFL players I, that could run 6.15 for 2K. Wowee. Can I tell you something funny about that? And your family, they're all, you, there's good runners everywhere. I reckon maybe Hughes even. Is he a better runner than you going forward? Is that, I'm faster than him, but he's probably better <laughs> Of course. Well, you're, buddy, you're three so you, years older. your brother, well. yeah. Four years older almost. But, like, um, I remember this, and you'll enjoy this story. 2008, first time your old man came, and Dad's a good runner. And he he's, he's not running as much as he was. He 
Yeah, he's had a bit of a rest, goes to the occasional run every now and then, but Blanche is old. Well, he, he's, old. he's old, but he was old when he came to us in 2008. Maybe he was 34, 35, and he would go to the front of the pack and he would look around and say, you're going to let this old bloke beat you every time you blokes, are you? And I remember, but he, he's, and I guess that that desire um, and that um, cutting edge, I think that's where with both your parents, can't replace your hard dad, work. you can't replace hard work, can you? Because that's one thing. Yeah, Is that's that... right. Yeah. They've always told me to just go my hardest and train hard and you go places, I guess, but yeah. Well, the one thing on the the lips of all Tasmanians is, of course, the Tasmanian AFL team, Tom. Um, yep. Now, the, the the prospect of having a team, do you feel like that has been uh, – is that tantalising for a young man like yourself to know that there might be the opportunity in a few years' time that, that – let's say you do – well, you're drafted this year, you go to an AFL team, but the opportunity to maybe come home in, in three to four or five years. Is that, a, is that a one that is appealing for, for yourself and for other young kids coming through trying to make their way in the, in the AFL system? Yeah, I think it is pretty appealing. Obviously, it would create like a real good pathway again for Tassie kids to come through. And I think the next generation of Tassie kids will all be supporting Tassie. So I think it'll be a real good opportunity. And um, yeah. Well, um, one question before we, we let you go. Have you... Because you are, you're very athletically gifted. Have you been drawn to playing, been playing basketball? Because that's the question we talk about now. Young talent, they they want to go and play basketball because of the jack jumpers. Because the pathway isn't there yet for for to go straight into an AFL team. Is there any? Have you been sounded out to play basketball at all? Oh, I used to play basketball a bit. I never did all like the development sort of stuff because I was always doing footy that sort of thing. But um, nah, footy's my footy's my main goal. I wouldn't go near basketball now I've lost my touch a little bit since I stopped playing well you canned your well, brother about but you're a much better runner I tell you now he's got a better jump shot <laughs> yeah he's very, he's a very good little player <laughs> he's a very very good little player well it, it, this this dream's alive for you mate isn't it you're going to focus on it now aren't you yeah that's right put my best foot forward and see what happens well, Tommy, we really appreciate you joining us on the show, Good mate. On, mate. And, um, we look forward to hopefully chatting to you in the not-too-distant future when I know you're sitting there at the moment in the uh, studio down there with your Guildford Young College uh, leavers top on. Maybe next time we chat, you might be sitting there with an AFL uh, an AFL team's um, premiership or logo on at a uh, at maybe a, a media polo or something like that after you've been drafted and we can chat to you again when hopefully you're, uh, you get your dream of, of having your name read out, mate. Congratulations on this season so far, and we wish you all the best going forward. Go well, son. Yeah, thank on, you. Mate. Thanks for having me. There we are, Tom McCullen, the uh, son of Scott McCullen, the great Scott McCullen, a nine-time premiership player at the Clarence Football Club and uh, Flash's OHA ships, and he's a prospective Tasmanian AFL draft team Flashman. I think I'm, I'm thinking a second rounder for some club out there in, in AFL land. Is it too late now to say Like to say sorry, and what? I just. But some people refuse to say sorry. I'm going to do it. No, no, I'm not going to do it. Actually, I'm going to apologise on behalf of someone else. Flashman, go of for it. Apology I'll, letters. I'll be waiting for this all right. Morning. So we're talking about Scooter Gate a little bit. So a little bit back, bit of background here. Camden McIntosh, who is basically the Australian version of Ali Baba, and that is um, he will just <laughs> source anything from anywhere around the world. Uh, put the call out about six months ago to the Richmond Football Club playing group. And coaching staff. Um, who would like to buy an electric scooter? Uh, one of those battery-powered things you can see whizzing around. 
the uh, not one of the not one of the colourful ones, an actually personal one. So the, it went out there. Nineteen blokes bought scooters. Um, Nineteen people that just dived head in to five hundred dollars scooters. Damien Hardwick bought two. Now this has been going on for a while. Camden has been he's just lied to us basically. He said they're they're they're, they're coming. They're going to be a week away. They're going to be a week away. And we'd given up. And guys are asking for their money back. Genuinely saying, Camden, give us back our five hundred and four dollars. Lo and behold, if you want to go and have a look on the Richmond website, on the social pages, the scooters have landed uh, and on behalf of the playing group and the, the Richmond Football Club uh, coaching staff and everyone, I am issuing an apology to Camden McIntosh because he has come through. We have got a whole cohort. We've got a gang down there. We're going to have to develop jackets, Flashman. There's that many bikes riding around on these scooters. We're, Are they good? We're, uh, too dangerous for me. There's no way I bought one. I don't trust Camden one bit, but um, absolutely zero <laughs> chance of me getting one of these scooters. So the apology does go out to Camden McIntosh. Who... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Has landed 18 scooters. They've made it through the docks of Melbourne. And if you're over here in uh, in Melbourne, watch out because there is 19 people driving around that have no idea how to ride these things and I'd be watching out left, right and centre. That is Apology Latest Flashman. The bid we've put forward does not include the stadium. Uh, we're working through aspects of uh, the stadium as we speak, uh, including, of course, uh, our feasibility study, which we've committed to uh, as well. Uh, I'm a supporter of Tasmania having a 19th team. They've earned the right. History says they have, Jared. They've been a great contributor yep. to the game. I don't buy this proposition that if it doesn't get up this time, it'll never get up. And it's dead and buried forever. I don't, that's just melodramatic. Welcome to another massive hour of Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts, and Amy, the doers of insurance. We're live around Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN Track, Northern Tassie, and the SEN app wherever you are. Jackie boy, amazing scenes. A big few days coming up. What a good little opener there, Flash, man. Well, we had the, the Premier, obviously, Jeremy Rockcliffe, and then the former CEO, Andrew Demetrio, talking about the feasibility and Tasmanian footy. And just uh, just love hearing names like that come out, especially Andrew Demetrio, who's obviously oversaw uh, some additions to the Gold Coast, I think was his uh, little baby. So I love hearing those names coming out saying that it will work. It will work, Flash, man. Yes, indeed. And and look, yeah, fascinating. Well, without further ado, big privilege to have one of the absolute greats of Tasmanian football on field and off. The coach, of course, in 1990, one of the most famous days as Tasmanian sport ever. I was there. Jack, were you there? I don't know if you were. We had no. this discussion. I didn't think so. You would have been three or four years of age. Two. Robert Robert Shaw, good morning and thanks for joining us here on Jack and Flash. How are you going? Yeah, good. Hello, Jack. Hello, uh, David. How are you? Hey, Shorey. How's things? Very good to hear you on. Thank you for joining us, mate. It's uh, obviously we're coming down to crunch time in terms of the deadline for the vote for the AFL team. How are you feeling about the bid uh, at this stage? You still confident or have you fallen into the pit of the Melbourne media that it's all doomsday? Well, if you uh, 
I'll tell you what you don't watch. You don't watch uh, breaking news Tom Brown on Channel 7. You can keep that a miss. Ah, yeah, um, sorry. You, uh, you can give that a miss because, uh, um, well, you just can't. Look, um, oh, look, it's a bigger picture for me. I, I think um, I've been doing these interviews and writing articles and that since um, the late 80s, early 90s. So... Um, there's there's a lot of us of my age like when I when when we start Rodney Ead myself like Scotty Clayton these sort of blokes when we were young playing we always had that dream um, Jack probably had that dream too and his career's you know maybe one or two years to go so um, I do change I do change based on the fact that um, with the AFL there is there is always an in- agenda there is always backroom discussions and there always is provisions provisos so i'm i'm concerned about a lot of things i'm I'm quite happy that tony cochran and andrew pridham and these blokes have come out and put their hand up and also at the other end of the equation the clubs that have clearly supported tasmania your big problem is the the sleepers that will wait and see um how it can affect their club and uh if we get beaten on this, we'll get beaten on self-interest. We won't get beaten on the interest in the interests of the game. Sure, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the the agenda there. Do, do you think um, do you think the 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 power shifted when when uh, former Premier Peter Gutwin resigned and now um, Jeremy Rockliffe came into to being Premier that there was a big shift from the AFL in terms of what they were demanding or what what the guidelines and goalposts were for the team because. All of a sudden, the stadium cropped up as a must-have rather than uh, be nice to have sort of uh, sort of thing that as as outlined in the Colin Carter report. Yeah, um, look, it always started it, like it started with the poll. Like you would need forty thousand members, so we we ran the poll and we've got something like eighty-six thousand expressions of interest. So that's what I'm sort of saying, Jack. Um, Every time there is a hurdle cleared, uh, you know, another another road hump gets built down Clarence Street, doesn't it? You know, they, they build something else. So, and and the latest one has been a stadium, which uh, the premier has had to rightly come out and say, well, hang on, it, it wasn't part of, you know, we will build it and then they will come. So um, this this has come from this has come from somewhere else so look we, we'd love to have one we'd, I'd love to see a tremendous upgrade at York Park and also um, Macquarie Point looks fantastic is it a dream is it uh, pie in the sky I don't know but it's a wonderful facility down there and um, I, I think um, two sensational footy stadiums in the state would be would be sensational but I don't know the logistics of it to be quite honest. Sure, the Herald Sun's reporting that up to seven club presidents are violently opposed to the idea of a 19th licence. Are we doing enough to convince them? It's quiet, isn't it? Um, the, the task force from where I sit have always been quiet. Now, that's that's not a strength or a weakness, as I said. They might be going... There's a lot of stuff going uh, on behind the scenes. I'm, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm, I'm not really into it. I send a text message like, oh, 
like I've sent one to you, Flash, or I've sent one to Alistair Nicholson, or I've sent one to John Ralph wrote an article, and I'm saying, so I send a direct message to these people and say, um, is there anything you can tell me off the record that, so you get these little bits and pieces from people that are a lot closer um, to the uh, to the facts than I am, and I, I, I I'm even now today uh, confused and concerned and optimistic. So I really haven't changed for 30 years. I just uh, wait till the decision. Well, let's say you are the uh, you, you were one of the unofficial spokespeople of Tasmania and the Tasmanian football push, and have, as you said, stated yeah. you've been a push for for a long time now, nearly 30 years. We roll you into that meeting, uh, the commission meeting on Monday. Uh, how? What's your? What's your? Um, what is your push like? What's your, what's it made of? What do you talk about in terms of Tassie footy to? So let's say get those seven presidents uh, or so-called seven club presidents yeah. that are violently opposed. What's your plea to, to, to convince them that this is a good idea and Tassie footy needs this going forward? Yeah, we can live the dream. We can, <clears throat> pardon me, we can live the romance. We can live what's right and the people and the towns and the state and uh, you haven't got, we can live that. But I, I think, they they are businessmen. They're not necessarily football people. Some of them are, but a lot of them are extremely successful business people and they want to see the figures. So the first thing I would be doing is presenting, and I know we've done that. Um, well, I know we have that, and the business case is more than sound. I, I, I would like that to get through first because that'll be their concern. What's coming out of our pocket? You know, what's, you know, uh, what are we losing here? So mm. that you've got to appease the self-interest. You've got to say, well, this is, this is good for us. And then the bonus is it's good for the game. So I'm, I'm still, even though I'm a football person and understand you and, I, you and us, we understand our people and what we're capable of and... Football means into our state and our, our rusted on supporters. We understand that. That becomes to me the absolute bonus because you and I, us sitting there, we understand our people. We understand <clears throat> what we're capable of and the membership and the support um, and what that can bring. But unless we can put the papers down in front of the club president and say, you will benefit from this. You won't change the self-interest vote. So that's pretty pragmatic for me because I'm usually a, uh, if you build it, they will come sort of person. And being a kid growing up, like we're all in Tassie, um, I want this for our future kids and our future generations. But does that cut it? Because people don't know about us. They're, 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 they're not understanding of Tasmania, and that's all that comes out quite clearly over here with all the myths. You know, oh, people won't live in Tasmania because it's too cold. Oh, yes. people, you know, all the all those myths that uh, believe Tasmanian have uh, quite rightly publicised, and because uh, most of them are just downright stupid. 
The former AFL CEO Andrew Demetrio Shorey last night said he supports a Tassie licence, but it would be melodramatic to suggest that if it doesn't get up now, that it'll never get up. How drastic is this as a football decision for Tasmania, as in now? You know, because when is now? I mean, you've been well, waiting 30, three or four decades. Yeah, well, Jack's what? I've known Jack since he's. Since he was born, thirty-three. What is he? Uh, you know, Field twenty-eight. Sorry, last two years of his career. Let's be right; he can still go. But um, when he gets to sixty, like his dad and me, you know, you know that time's gone really quickly. That's gone enormously quickly. It was only feels like the other day when we all sat around in nineteen ninety and discussed the fact of uh, players coming back if it got off the ground then. And there was a lot of talk of it then. So I'm pessimistic um, about Demetrio's melodramatic because I've seen it I've seen it happen time and time again. So <clears throat> I don't want Jack Rewalt sitting on the beach at Orford when he's sixty three years of age with his grandkids, but he helping his old man going out fishing. To not have a team, so you need that. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm you know. I'm, but it, it is what I'm, it is, no, sure. It's how long do you put things that. off for? You know, and how long do you continue to put things Sorry? off for? It's, it's how long exactly. do you continue to put things off exactly. for? It's like oh, it goes on the back burner. It goes on the back burner. It's been on the back burner now for for thirty it'll years. It'll go on the back burner, saying. and they'll go, yeah, <clears throat> and it'll go on the back burner. And you're quite right, Jack. People will say, oh, thank God that's gone away. That'll shut them up for another 10 years. We'll get away with this for another 10 years. Well, and then it will be, oh, in 10 years, the feasibility study will come again and away we go again, and that'll add another 20. So before you know it, you blokes will be 50-plus, you know, heading towards 60 like me and Chris. Well, Shorey, we really do appreciate you joining us. We can hear the passion in your voice um, uh, like all Tasmanians will well, And the concern. And the, and the concern, concern, yes. Of, and the concern. You know, I'm living this every day over here. Jack and I live this every day over here. Jack's got a, got a final to win and all that sort of thing. But, you know, the likes of the Tasmanians over here, the recently retired blokes, Birchall, you know, the older blokes, Lee, Clayton, Lynchy up in Brisbane, we're all, we all talk. We all communicate. We all text. So we're just waiting and hoping. And, uh, and then um, let's... You know, let's see. Well, we are in the month of August, Thanks, so it's, uh, it is D-Day for the Tasmanian licence, and we appreciate you jumping on Good the on you, line, Shorey, and speaking so passionately about Tasmania and certainly uh, one of the first people to put it on the agenda, whether it was 30 years ago, and hopefully uh, someday over August we can find out what that licence looks like for the Tasmanian team. Thanks, Shorey. Yeah, it's good to speak to you, and... Um Jack, am I still the, the best for, Clarence Ford pocket premiership player? Uh, yeah, mate, you or Peter Rickey? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So we did you out of that role. Out, out, yeah, I'm, I'm warming the pine. I'm warming the pine, Shorey. Thanks, mate. Appreciate you joining us. <laughs> there we go, Flashman. Football royalty down in Tasmania. Robert Shaw talking oh, about yes. the Tasmanian licence. And, and you can hear that the, there's a bit of desperation there. Like, it's just... Doesn't know yeah. what's happening, but um, we've well, seen oh, it all before. Yes, you see? you've yeah. seen all this before.
hopefully it's a different end to the journey uh, than, than what Shorey's seen over the last 30 years in the push for a Tasmanian team in the AFL. We do have a big one indeed, and what a pleasure it is to have one of the, the great dudes and one of the great, some say the ghost, in fact, of Tassie sport, Eddie Ockenden, Kookaburra's legend and Com Games flag bearer, which was quite remarkable, gold medalist again. Good morning, Eddie. How are you going, mate? Good morning, guys. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, firstly, congratulations to you, mate. Um, let's just wind back two and a half weeks or so. Um, what a thrill for you, mate, to get the, to be in the front of the queue with the Australian flag. Yeah, thanks. I guess those two weeks have gone quick. Um, yeah, that was incredible. It was really, a, a, I don't know, something that you, you don't prepare for. And, um, something that was... Um, really special, I think, for um, for the sport of hockey, and to have my teammates there. I think that was that was a that was my favourite moment for me to have my teammates um, with me walking into the into the stadium for the start. It was fantastic. So yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Eddie. How does it come about? How do you how do you uh, get announced that you're the flag bearer? And is there a selection process or a little tap on the shoulder to say, "Hey, mate, uh, you've done pretty well for for a long time now." <laughs> Uh, we'd love for you to hoist the Australian flag up as we go around the uh, the ass track at Birmingham. Yeah, I think they I think they do sort of sit down as the CGA, the Common Games Australia, and sort of I guess selected out of a number of really good athletes. There's always so many good athletes and Australians over there, so um, I, I guess they just sort of whittle it down to how many how many you've been to or. Kind of, if you're um, representing the values of the Commonwealth Games, I guess. And um, for me, I think I was just really lucky to be in a whole bunch of amazing teams that, to win um, so many gold medals um, over the previous times. I think is is uh, was fantastic. But it's just because I was in really fantastic teams. I think I'd like to, I'd like to think I'd contributed to those teams. But it was really um, because of the hockey teams, I guess. That I think I was selected. And yeah, they they um, took us for a walk through the village and. Uh, Sort of surprised us that we were going to be doing it just before the team announcement. So that was really special as well. And of course, carrying a flag with Rachel Grinham, which is uh, obviously an amazing achievement as well. Our squash veteran. Uh, so two, two, I suppose, flash man, not dominant sports that you would think about straight away, squash and hockey, but to be represented, uh, well, obviously our boy Eddie. Um, he's just outlasted them all. I was wrapped to see him holding <laughs> the flag. It was, it, was, it was a proud Tasmanian moment. That's what it was, Eddie. Yeah, I think representing the Tasmanian community as well, um, I found that really special and um, to be a Tasmanian out there, I, I just think I reflected on that, just um, sort of, you just don't think it's possible and, and from such a from such a small place, you see these things on TV, you dream about it and then, yeah, so I'm really proud to represent Tasmania for sure. We talked about the final, mate. Um, you want to talk about finishing uh, the tournament in style. Um, goodness <laughs> gracious me, what an absolute demolition from the world number one. Oh, the final was incredible. We were, we were, um, we played really well that day. So I think, um, I think we could be really proud of the way we were able to manage to turn up and play our best on the on the last day. We want to. We always want to be on the. We want to be playing the, the last game on the final day because that means you're in the final of the tournament. So that's sort of what we set out to do at the start of the. At the start of the week, and then to be able to get there and put a really good performance on, I think that's really special. So yeah, we were really happy to be able to do that. Um, probably after the semi-final where we really, really battled and had to grind through that one, and um, a bit of luck we won. But the final was fantastic. 
Uh, I mean, and some people, Jack, will, you know, potentially say, well, the Com games, it's not the, you know, the world, um, all the best teams in the world, there's no Belgium, Netherlands or Germany, what have you, but we're not talking about um, lightweights here. The Indians' right. fifth best team in the world. Um, obviously, New Zealand, England, of course, also in the top ten ranked. I want to know, just in terms of an overall performance, that must you must have been one of your best ever individual games as a team. I think, yeah, it was really, uh, it was the, from just a year before, it was the silver medalist at the Olympics, which is us, obviously, and then the bronze medalist in India. So they're, they're definitely a really, really good team and um, a team that's improved a lot. And then, you know, you go through the pool stages and you come up against England at home in the semi-final, which was a really big game. Um, I mentioned before, we had to really grind through that one after being 2-0 um, down. So, yeah, it was a, it, it's something that, I mean, we know that those European teams out there and, um, sometimes people think it might be easier or um, look at the results or, you know, the scoreline sometimes. But it's really difficult to play six games in uh, nine days or eight or nine days, I think, we ended up playing. And to be able to do it, back it up every day and prepare for these teams, it's really it's really challenging. So, yeah, it was a really good performance. And I think capping it off, to be able to put the put a really good performance out on the final day is difficult. So to be able to do that, we, we were very happy. Well, it's seven on the trot for uh, Com Games uh, gold medals for 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 the Kookaburras. The next big thing on the agenda is Paris 2024. Eddie, you're 35 now. What's uh, do you, is that still firmly in the sights for you? Uh, obviously, a smaller window coming around with only three years between Olympics uh, from yeah. Tokyo in 2021. Is that what you set your sights on now? Yeah, I think definitely we've been building towards that, I think, um, since um, straight after Tokyo. I think, as you mentioned, that three-year um, that three year gap makes it a little bit easier for someone like me. But also our team, I think, um, we're in a really good position after Tokyo with a really similar squad. So I think it's um, it's really exciting. And um, after Tokyo, I think I, just, I was still really happy with playing. I still love training and, and I don't get sore or anything. So... I still love it, so that was my that was my main um, reasoning, to, I guess, and drive to continue. And I think um, what I said last year after the Olympics was it's not fair for me to play only a year or try and play a year or two, and then um, before the Olympics, not give other people opportunities or or um, things like that. So I really did sort of commit um, to trying to play through if the form and and everything was still there. Then I was trying to commit to play until Paris and. Um, I think that's still the plan, and we'll see how it goes. I think, um, sort of year by year, I thought it's coming closer. <laughs> well, Eddie, we hope that uh, the fact that you've been flag bearer at the Commonwealth Games doesn't rule you out for maybe carrying the flag at Paris. Uh, <laughs> we think that you've done a fantastic job once. Why would you change a winning formula? That's my attitude to those things. So hopefully, we see you carrying the mighty Australian flag at Paris in 2024. And it has been a long journey from Cornelian Bay all the way over to Birmingham. You've represented not only Australia fantastically well and the whole hockey community well, but Tasmanians alike, mate. We really appreciate what you do for us. And once again, congratulations. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for everything um, to do with Tassie Sport. I mean, that's a really passion of mine, so I appreciate it. Thank you again. There we are, Flashman, Eddie Eddie Ockenden, Kookaburra's legend, of course, carried the flag and leading the charge for the Kookaburras into Paris 2024. It's hot, real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not hot. It's 
hot every week. Our favourite segment, Hot or Not, is here with us, Jackie Boy. I think this has um, this has become one of the segments around the country that everybody's all ears on. Completely plagiarised from uh, ESPN, so we'll uh, throw that out there. That uh, this is That's not hard. our this is not our own work, but we've. We're claiming it. We're claiming it. The Australian rights to this show, to this segment. That's what I'm saying. Well, I tell you what, we've got a, a good list to talk about here. Let me kick things off Radio, with far this away. one. Okay, hot or not, Alistair Clarkson will be coaching North Melbourne in 2023. This is hot news. This is definitely hot. Hot, hot news because Clarko um, has been doing a lot of work for the – a power of work for the Tasmanian um, push for – a team, and it's. Uh, I just wonder now, like, I, I, in my perfect setup of Tasmanian football, Clarko would have been the the coach of the Tasmanian team uh, if it gets announced in, let's say, three or four years. But does that now put him out of the position mm. of coaching Tasmanian? But it's hot news because he is the hottest property it on is. the coaching market, and North Melbourne have tried to land a big fish for a long time, and that's generally been in the playing ranks. Uh, you can think about the big contracts they've offered to Dustin Martin. Uh, Josh Kelly got offered a big contract as well. Yes. And now, um, if you believed the bookies, Alastair Clarkson looks like he will be coaching North Melbourne in 2023. So that is hot, hot No, you're news. hot. Flashman, hot or not, I loved this one. The Jack Jumpers must go all in to lure Bronnie James, the son of LeBron James, the great LeBron James, as a part of the NBL's Next Stars oh, program. Mate. Hot or not, Flash? Oh, what do you reckon? This hot. is as hot, hot as a pistol. I mean, can you imagine that the, the, with our Jack Jumpers, which has already taken the Australian sport by storm, let's be frank about it, last yep. year that's, that's what happened. Can you imagine... Sending the son of the goat, and we all feel like we know Bronny intimately. We've, yeah. we've seen him I'll develop. I'll be slapping it up with him. Don't worry, course size. Oh, <laughs> you, you will. Mate, I'll be calling the games. I'm going to be a man. I will be arm and arm sort of operation. <laughs> My goodness. But, look, it would be just incredible. And I, everybody, I'll put the hat out. We'll get 100 bucks from everyone around Hobart eventually that can do it for the good folks that can afford that, of course. Oh, yes, this would be amazing. If you could slap it up, like you've got one last like big slap-up handshake out of Paul Kelly or LeBron James, who are you slapping up? Well, Paul Kelly's my idol. Yep, if you, that's why I uh, asked. And, and, every, and every sort of thing, on bank detail. I won't, anyway, I won't get into numbers. You know, Paul Kelly or LeBron James, you've got around. one last high-five flash to really just get in there and embrace it. Maybe even you bring in for a little bit of a man hug. Paul Kelly, LeBron James, who are you doing it? LeBron James. Oh, Paul. <laughs> you shafted your idol. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm definitely you shafted not, your um, idol. No, I jeepers. That's um, yeah. He's 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 the guy. No question about that. Let's move on quickly. Hot or not? Now this is one I like here. Nick Kyrgios is finally coming of age. Well, Flashman, I don't know why you'd ask me a tennis question because I've got absolutely no interest whatsoever. So it's not Well, news. let me give you an it's update. Not, no, let well, no. Not. I just had a quick look and he beat Daniel Medvedev at Montreal and I think he might have just rolled uh, Alex Demonor as well. 6-2 in the first. It's 3-2 in the second. Well, he's doing well, sorry. Uh, so it's currently being played. Mate, if, if they'd had ranking points counted from Wimbledon, he'd be actually on the verge of the top 10 now. The yep. points don't count for Wimbledon. Yep. Um, he He's in the top four or five hottest players in the game yeah, right now. Yeah. In, no I, question. Stop it. In my You're world, hot. In my world, Flash, not. So not news. It's like... You've still got to watch on him, haven't you? Yeah, okay. no. I'm not, I don't like tennis. I told you that. I'm no, no good at no, it, no, so no, I don't no, like no. it. 
All right, that's pretty much how I fundamentally work. If I'm no good at it, I don't like it. All right, well, Flashman, this is the one that I've been teasing the whole day, the hot or not question. Okay. The mind games are absolutely rife in the TSL at the moment. Now, I don't want to ask you this, Flashman. I want to go to an outside source of... Oh, sorry. So, I don't want to talk to no, you. No, no, I don't want to talk to you. I've got our mate AJ on the line. AJ, are you there? I am. AJ, I am. so yeah, really Alex good. Johnson, the news director at Win News Tasmania, where he Morning, has his Alex. finger on the pulse. Now, I don't know how you... Well, you definitely know how Hot or Not works, AJ. Hot or not, is this mm. the mind games? Are they rife in the TSL at the moment? And can you give us a little bit of a backstory of what we're talking about here? Well, this is hot. This is hot, <laughs> hot, hot. Yeah. Uh, normally, when uh, Brent Costello, sports guru, submits his stories for a little, you know, sub copycat, he often jokes that I send them back to him pretty quickly, and that I might not have read them. And well, that's sometimes true. I do skim over, and it's like taking it one week at a time. Selective reading. Yada, yada, yada. You know, tick, tick, tick. But yesterday, finally, something spicy. This great story about Kingborough, well, allegedly, sending a letter to Mitch Thorpe, coach of Launceston, with a cutout from the Mercury newspaper of one of their stars, scrawl, scribbled across it, we're coming to get you. Well, then the byplay between Thorpe and uh, Kingborough coach Trent Bormler, who is a real thinker, was just magnificent. So, is there is there any substance to it's actually being true? Because this would be a, a long bow for someone who wasn't involved in this to think up to to send a letter uh, uh, to a senior coach in what is the modern age of DMing and social media. They've actually gone out of their way to cut out an, an article and send it up there. Is it true, do you reckon, AJ, or is this just someone's having playing silly buggers? Well, this is like Zodiac, the movie. We've got to decipher <laughs> the cutting out. I don't know whether you want to be... I heard you're acting in that Wilson Holmes ad before. You could be the Jake Gyllenhaal character and Flash could be the Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> so he'd need, to, he'd need to put on a few. But we've got to work it out. We hope there's a second letter, maybe with a, with a, with a clue, because yes. Trent Bormler said, well, as if he could be bothered cutting it out and sending it up. And, yes. Um, like a demand letter. You know when tonight. you go through and cut out all the letters out of the paper and then actually yeah. piece them all together? Oh, I love that. Let's, let's, oh, I'd love to see that. If they're listening yeah. out there, any Kingborough or Launceston people, I want to see a second letter. We want, to, we want a trail. We want to keep it hot so we can sniff it all the way to what is going to be a big game this weekend. Big game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, um, we will plead on the Kingborough Zodiac to send another letter, please. <laughs> well, AJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you getting involved. In Hot or Not, a big story there, Flash Man. It is a big story. Right, Flash, Hot or Not, the best club for Brodie Grundy in 2023 is Collingwood. Gee, I actually didn't look at this, I haven't thought about it. I probably would still say Hot. Uh, However, as I told you a month ago on this show, I, as a Swan supporter, and no one's mentioned it, so it's probably not going to happen. I want him, I, I can, I want, I, well, you can play your music, Steve. Do what you want. But I want him, for the next four years, heading up the Sydney Swans Football Club because I guess what, Brody? I'm going to sell it to you, son. They've got the best elite talent in the game right now. I want you to go. Under you 22 elite talent. Hickey. Under 22 elite oh, talent. 
elite. Not, not, I don't think they've got the best elite talent yet, but they've under 22. Young. Five players named in the under 22 team flash sale. Well, certainly, no doubt. Certainly, twenty-five year olds as well. And Callum Mills and Isaac Keeney, in yep, fairness, yep. and um, that is a group you want to be part. I would love him putting down their throat for the next five years. Thank you. So it's hot still. Oh, yeah, hot, I think hot, hot, hot. Hot. You got one for us, Slash? Okay, I do. Hot or not? Davey Warner's impending signature in the BBL is a step in the right direction. Yes, this is hot news. For the league. There's a lot of there's a lot a lot of things happening in the B, in T20 cricket around the world. Obviously, uh, I think there is a United Arab Emirates League coming up soon, which is right in the BBL yep. window. So having homegrown talent playing in the BBL is very very important. Flashman, uh, $7 million for Michael Jordan's 1998 finals jersey. His money well spent up for auction Ooh. at the moment. What do you reckon? Ooh, 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 that's hot. That's a it's lot hot. of bugs, Damn money, isn't it? My Seven gosh. mil. Well, of course, 1998 was his final year of those amazing six championships that the GOAT, I still got him the GOAT. He's just in front of LeBron. Yep. And um, that, yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a premium. How much, Flashman, give us an over and under, how much on the Lorna Jane tights from your twos game at... Um, all right, Jay. Go up. All right, one to finish. Right. Flash, have you got it? Yeah, I do. This is this is one right in your wheelhouse. Too, yeah, I wrote right? it down. <laughs> Hot or not, is it is Kane Corns who is the most grumpiest person in the media than rather than Tim Watson? Yeah, no. Well, there's been a bit of banter over here at the moment. Shot, I can cook things in it. There's been a bit of banter over here, mate. Kane come out and called Tim grumpy. Said he was a grumpy, grumpy man. And I think that Kane is being grumpy. Kane is the grumpiest person in... He's doing it deliberately. Oh, 100% he's, he's doing it deliberately. Yeah, he he's knows, doing it for the clicks. Very, very grumpy 100%. Kane Corns. Genius. All right, time for a... Evil genius, Jared said yesterday. I know he's exactly He called right. Kane Corns an evil genius. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I loved it. Right it's now, though, Flash Man, an EPL update thanks to Optus Sport, the home of the world's best football. Tottenham Hotspur currently sit on top of the layer, top of the table after the first weekend of the Premier League, so they won. So it would have been a lot of teams that won, so they must be sitting well up there on goal percentage. They face Chelsea in the match Ooh, of the round Monday morning, London Australian Derby. time. So yes. if you want to catch all the Premier League action and La Liga action live or on demand <laughs> exclusively on Optusport. La Liga! <laughs> Who do you go for on the APL Flash? I'm um, an evidence supporter. It's been a tough. Uh, I'm a West last Ham year. supporter. Whoa, hang on. Mm. Mm, right. Yeah. Knuckles Pain up. Villa this week. It's uh, yeah, tough times there at Everton. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, Jack. Give us, Boy. give us your footy. Which games are you looking forward well, to in the footy? What do you think? Let's not oh, sugarcoat it. Uh, well, it's the it's one of the matches of the season because, in all fairness and truth, for Sydney Collingwood is an absolute. Oh, it's going to be a humdinger. Monster game. Yeah. It's huge. Um, big stakes again, and Swans. Hot favourites, Collingwood have been doing this, and they're going to be doing this. I mean, they're winning these tight games. Yeah. Um, it's big. I yep. think the Swans will beat them. Though. Other big games points. this weekend: uh, the Saints are playing the Lions at Marvel tonight. Yes. Uh, Bulldogs playing the Giants. That always has finals implications. Uh, Melbourne v Carlton after the Patrick Kipps, Cripps being cleared, uh, and of course the Tigers v the Hawks. The racing tip for this oh. weekend: if you want to get involved, gamble responsibly. Dreamt of being king. Now, first starter, $14 into $8.50. Geelong race nah, race three, number two, 2 p.m. today. There's a few Tigers boys that might be involved in it. Daniel Moore ridden. Mike Maroney wow. trained. Get on board, Flashman. That's where all the smart money's going. And all the smart money now is heading to the next part. The captain's Go run Tigers. with Sam Edmund.
Go the Tigers!